What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Keep It Posy podcast. My name is Jasmine, and this is episode 101. That sounds crazy to me. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I said it the last time, but I will say that when the podcast became an idea and then it launched, I didn't know how far it was going to go. So to say episode 101 is bananas. So thank you again to everybody who has listened. If this is your first time, welcome. And I hope that you're doing good and that you're taking care of yourself and that you're going to shows and that you're just doing stuff that you love. With the help of this month's guest, we are going to learn about this month's nonprofit organization featured in the Posse Spotlight. City of Hope is dedicated to making a difference in the lives of people with cancer, diabetes, and other life-threatening illnesses. Their team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, volunteers, and support staff. They're all united by a desire to find cures and save lives. To learn more or make a donation to City of Hope, you can visit cityofhope.org. This month's episode features June. June and I worked at K-Rock, but we never really got to work together because when she got her start there, I was in a different department. That complicated things a little and we couldn't work together. In this episode, we talked about the diverse music taste she was introduced to as a kid, how she got her start in the music industry, and more. Here is my conversation with June on the Keep It Posy podcast. Hey there. Hello. Cool beans. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So I'm trying to think about how we kind of met because I feel like when you were in promo, I was already in sales. When when did you start at K Rock? Um, I want to say it was like December twenty seventeen. Okay, for sure. Adrian and Aisa were still there, right? No, Adrian was just leaving, and oh. Aisa had already been gone for a bit. But I knew Adrian, so Adrian's kind of like the reason why I got in to like the interviews and all that stuff okay i see um oh see i got my ears my years mixed up because i'm thinking about the following year when i was leaving okay cool so where are you at now because you were you left the morning show or are you still doing stuff for them uh so i left the morning show i still get to call in sometimes and kind of like you know, jumping on topics and stuff. But I'm at a merchandising company now that works with like musicians and different music festivals. And we help everything from like design, produce and fulfill all of the, the merchandise for that. Dude, that's so sick. And how long have you been doing that for? 
Um, so I've been at it like five months now. I left K Rock earlier this year. Well, that's cool. I would imagine that you get to see all kinds of uh, cool designs coming in from different artists and um, learning uh, everything that it takes to put out a product, right? Yeah, it's like a really crazy, interesting process. Um, I don't think I've ever, like, I think I had some idea of like how much stuff went into, you know, just making, for example, one t-shirt. But like, now that I'm behind all of it, I'm like, holy cow like i had no idea how much work went into like this one item you know and then i, I mean you're you're in, out of the two of us you know, obviously you're the expert but i could only imagine also how many uh tweaks is done to a design before it gets approved oh yeah like the smallest thing like even the placement of you know the little like care tags and like the logo and the size font used on the care tag, like all of that stuff is discussed in such great detail. Like people have no idea. Yeah, dude, that is so cool though. Um, so you've been doing that for five months now. And prior prior to that, you spent time in radio. How um how long were you working at K Rock for? So from like December 2017 up until like the very end of april 2022 so a few years you did promo you weren't you were on the promotions team and you were also doing stuff with the morning show eventually did, am I, did i miss anything yeah so um i did promo and then i got moved up to board offing and doing promo at the same time and then striker and klein asked me to produce the afternoon show and then from there, moved on to start producing the morning show. Got it. I'm like, I'm sure it didn't happen like all like promo and then boom, morning show. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm curious to know because um, one of the things I like to do on the podcast is uh, learn about people's uh, musical journey, right? Because it all, it's different for everybody. You know, we're born in different years and you know, we just learn about things differently. We're brought up differently, too, because of our parents or siblings. They introduce us to different artists and all that. So what would you say was your introduction to music? And then musically, how did you end up all the way to where you're at now? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Um, okay, so growing up, I was really lucky in that my parents had really diverse uh, taste in music so that being said I got to um, I got to listen to everything my parents were listening to and everything my grandparents were listening to so grandpa was super into Motown mom was super into heavy metal dad really liked American music and just like more classic rock um, my uncle really liked country music so I got all of that you know thrown onto me as a kid and then just growing up I think i I chose to not be afraid of exploring other things I was like as long as it sounds good like I really want to listen to those things um so I think just like having I don't know this ability to find different music and like not having parents who were ever worried about like the explicit logo on albums or anything like that like really allowed me to explore different genres and get into different things 
What would you say was the first album that you ever bought with your own money? Oh, with my own money? Um, I begged my parents for money to go buy like a Fallout Boy CD. And so that was like, the, like we, they took me to Walmart and I bought uh, From Under the Cork Tree. And I was obsessed with this album, like wore that thing out on this little like purple boom box in my room. Um, yeah, that was like the first one I ever purchased, like my own quote unquote money. Loved it. <laughs> and then I'm sure you played the heck out of it. Like everybody plays like their first CDs. They'll be like, oh, this is going to be on repeat now. Yeah. Dude, that's sick. So Fall Out Boy is your first CD. How old were you? Oh, man. I, wa- I was in middle school at the time. Uh, so I I don't even know how old you are in middle school. Like, what is that? Like, 13? 11 or something? Yeah, like, like 12 or 13. Somewhere 11, around there. 11 or 14. Oh, Roughly, yeah. This, yeah. Um, sick, dude. So you, bought, you buy Fall Out Boy, right? And you're, you're you know, you're just going down the route and following the footsteps of like, dude, I'm just going to dive in and, and whatever I like, I like, right? How is it that you, you, uh, I don't know if it's a decision you made that you said, Hey, I want to pursue music as a career or you just accidentally fell into it. How did that come about? So it was very much an active choice as a kid. So I remember in like, once it was fourth grade specifically, um, they gave us this weird like career test. We were like nine. I don't know why they gave this thing to us. And they made you check all these personality traits. And it was like, these are careers you possibly, you know, be good at when you're older. And one of them was like entertainment. It wasn't specific about what type, but just entertainment in general. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Like quickly found out that I couldn't sing couldn't dance right like so being that type of entertainer wasn't going to be my deal but I I was always listening to the radio and I remember listening to Nicole Alvarez and finding out that she was Latina and I'm like wow she's Latina I'm Latina like I could be on the radio too and it's a way to be connected to music without having to sing or dance uh so that's how my active decision just from fourth grade on I was like I'm going to do this I don't know how but I'm going to figure it out I remember, so like middle school, I couldn't really figure out how to exactly get involved, right? Because I was just kind of removed from everything, I guess. But once I got into high school, I made the very active decision to start pursuing music more seriously because I was like, the faster I got into networking, the faster I, um, you know, get experience under my belt of any sort, like the more credible I'll be. So there was a summer that I spent after attending Warp Tour emailing every single brand like not even joking you every single brand that the warp tour had um like as a vendor and just asking if i could volunteer the next summer and there were a lot of denials there were a lot of people who were like hey no you're like six you know like you can't volunteer on the day of the warp tour or whatever eventually someone said yes though and that worked out so it was just that active decision of like committing an entire summer of like emailing all these brands and making um like a legit email address that wasn't like fallout boy obsessed or whatever um and yeah finding someone who would let me volunteer on the warp tour and then through that the glass house in pomona um their talent buyer at the time um john halperin actually gave me an internship like created an internship just for me because nobody else would let this teenage kid 
uh, you know, work for them. So that was really special. And how, how old were you? You were in high school still? Yeah, I was in high school still. I want to say it was my junior year. So maybe like 16 when this was happening. And I had that internship up until I graduated pretty much. And it only, it only went away because I, you know, I was growing up. So I was like, okay, I have to start college now and figure out some other ways to get further into the music industry. I felt like I had grown as much as I could grow there, I guess. Sick. So you end up going to college and uh, what did you end up majoring in? So I, um, I majored in communication. I actually have three different degrees. I have two associate degrees from Mount San Antonio College. I have one in journalism and then one in communication. And then I have a bachelor's degree uh, from Cal State LA in communication also. But there's like an emphasis on like PR relation type stuff and broadcasting specifically. You go to college and you get your degrees. And during that time period, while you're going to school, work-wise or internship-wise, where where did you... Well, actually, before I forget, so you finally get the yes from the brand for Warp Tour. Um, mm -hmm. Who gave you the yes? American Rag. Uh, I don't know if they exist anymore, to be completely honest, but um, at the time, they were like one of the clothing companies out there on the Warp Tour. Um, and there was this really nice woman named Lauren Miller who uh, was like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. So she let me come out and volunteer. I want to say it was at the Carson date or the Pomona date, maybe both at one point. Um, but yeah, she let me volunteer with them, just like handing out stickers, helping set up the tent and stuff. So that was really cool. That was a long time ago. Yeah, right. Who knew that setting up a tent would help you on later, later on, right? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> And work-wise and internship-wise, when it came down to the music, where where did you spend your time? Um, so uh, I again was just really focused on like gaining experience and networking. So I took a writing job and like a photography type gig with this um, metal publication called Metal Riot back in the day, and so it was an online publication. And they allowed me to write, like, essentially little blog posts, right? Like, I'd get to review albums, share my thoughts on them. I'd get to go out to concerts and write reviews, interview bands, photograph them, which was, like, my favorite part of that whole deal. Um, that really opened a lot of doors, too. And then just making sure that I was networking as much as possible. Like, I saw every opportunity to, like, go to a show as a way to network with, like, either the people who were helping run the venue or, you know, if it was a situation where I was interviewing an artist, like, I'd make sure that I went and met their PR person in person or met their manager in person just to introduce myself. So that's what I spent most of those days doing besides, you know, the regular, like, retail nine-to-five job to pay the bills. Good times, dude. And so you're out there, you're you're talking to these bands for this website and you're doing your paying job, right? And then you're going to school. Mm -hmm. Uh after Metal Riot, what was next? Um, so after that I was working like a nine to five gig and I was like, okay, I either make the jump completely and apply for k-rock or i need to like figure out what i'm doing so i finally applied to k-rock 
Um, and I was finally of age, right? Because for a while there, there was like a rule that you had to be a certain age and you had to have a driver's license. I wasn't either the first like two times I applied to K-Rock. So by this time, I was 21 plus so that I could make sure I could attend all the events and I owned a car and I had a license. So I applied, went through that process and finally got um, hired as a promo kid. Good times, dude. Um, it's okay, dude. I applied four times. I got it on the mm -hmm. fourth try. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, there's some people that as I talk to them, it's like, okay, cool. I wasn't the only one. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool, dude. So you are hired as, as a promotions um, person, street teamer. When was it that you started board hopping? Because there was a, you said that you were doing both at the same time, right? Yeah. So that was also something that wasn't normal, I guess. Like most of the time, if you were moved into board hopping, you were removed from the street team. But for me, they had me doing both. So I want to say it was like four months into my career at K-Rock that I started board hopping. And so I'd be doing like weekend shifts for like Jack FM, occasionally K-Rock. Um, and then, uh, like my main gig would still be the promo team. So I'd be doing like four gigs with promo and then like maybe a weekend shift on the board. Okay. Got it. So, you, um, so you're, you're doing the street team stuff. Eventually the board op becomes part of your schedule. And then when was it that the shift was made over to being part of the show with um, Stryker and Klein. Because that's what happened next, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened next. Um, so, oh man. So, I want to say by the time I hit two years, that I want to say it was like right, it was either like right before my two year anniversary with the station or a little after is when Stryker and Klein kind of like plucked me from the streets and asked me to come on board for the afternoon show. Uh, so that's when that journey started, but it was around like the two year mark, I think maybe like a year and a half ish, but yeah, roughly give or take. Sick. So sorry. I want to, I want to make sure I have this right. You were asked if you wanted to be the producer for the show. So initially I was brought on as, like the the kid who was gonna help answer phone calls and the uh like the social media kid right like that was gonna be my goal with striker and climb originally that's what i was brought on as as the show developed as i developed as you know like this person in the back room helping run the show like it it turned into a producer role so it went from like oh just help us with a, co a couple social media posts and answering the phone to like I'm booking guests, like I'm helping run the schedule, I'm attending meetings on behalf of the show, um, live events, I'm like at all the meetings to make sure that they're all going to run smoothly, all that stuff. So it turned into a producer role from what was supposed to be like, post this on Instagram for us really quick. Wow, dude, that's a jump. And so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, for anybody who you know doesn't know it's a lot okay like you know, yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> how do i word it you're pretty much the face of the talent when you're at the meetings i guess you could say 
yeah, like I, I would attend meetings on behalf of Stryker and Klein. Like I was their, their mouthpiece at these meetings. And like any decisions that were super critical, like would come to me to give to them. And then, you know, the group would decide and then we'd come back to the meeting and I'd be the one to deliver the news. Man, that's so crazy. Um, but it sounds like you learned a lot from doing that. And then after the show, that's when you ended up at the merchandising company? Yeah, that's exactly how I ended up there. So we we host a bunch of different uh, musicians and festivals in our facility, right? So everyone from like Evo to AFI to Cheryl Crow. Um, aftershock festival golden sky festival which was new this year all of those people go through our center um and are like in agreements with us to help produce their merch and fulfill all of their merchandise which is really cool that is so sick cheryl yeah, crow if you're listening <laughs> you rock um <laughs> dude man i love her What was your first concert? Uh, so my first major concert was Shakira in 2001 or two at the Staples Center. And it was amazing. Still like top five shows for me. It was great. Dude, that is so sick. Was it during the laundry service era? Uh, I want to say it was right after because it, it was like the Mongoose tour or something. Wow, 2001, Staples, no longer known as Staples, but it's all good. How old were you? Uh, this was also like fourth grade, I want to say. Fourth grade was really, really intense. Uh, so yeah, I want to say it was fourth grade. So I think I was like nine at the time or something, nine or ten. Dude, that is so sick. Shakira for your first concert and to see her that early on in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only time I saw her was like the last time she came out here. That was that's the only time I've seen her, but it was so sick. Um, yeah, she's very, yeah. yeah, she puts a lot into her production, and I appreciate it, dude. That is so cool. What is your favorite thing about music? Everything. I could go on this for hours. Just everything. I love. I love that it can speak to you when everything feels like it's going crazy or it, it can like help put you in a great mood or, you know, if you're feeling sad, it like hugs you when you need that. Um, but I think what I love most about music is the way it's able to bring people together because I can listen to a song in a language I don't understand. And I can enjoy that, that exact same song with someone who maybe understands that language and we're still bonding over the same thing, even though I don't understand the lyrics. And like the fact that a single song can like bring me to have this connection with another person, even though there's a language barrier, I think is really special. That is so sick. What is the best advice that's been given to you throughout your career? Okay, so this one's going to sound really harsh, right? But it's something... Kevin Lyman told me, uh, so Kevin Lyman's creator of the Warp Tour, um, he told me and a group of other people at this workshop he used to host back in the day called Earn It Yourself Workshops. 
And it was basically just a, a workshop space where you could go in and talk to other people in the music industry, like elders, I guess, and kind of pick their brains about stuff. But he did like someone asked this exact question and he's like, I'm going to tell you three things and you got to remember them and they have not done me wrong. So one, keep your head low and work your ass off. Two, keep your nose clean, right? Don't be out there doing the drugs. And three, keep your legs closed regardless of what sex you are. And none of those have stirred, uh, steered me wrong so far. Like, they, like to this day, I'm always like, those are like the three pillars and they've worked amazing. <laughs> That's true, though. I, uh, yeah. Shoot. I mean, I guess it applies to me, too, even though no one's ever told me that. But um, <laughs> obviously, in today's day and age, um, there's always things to be happy about, right? We got mm -hmm. the good stuff going on for us. But then it's so also super easy to just like feel the other side of it, right? How do you keep it posy? Um, I have to remind myself daily, like it's a struggle sometimes. I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where, like you said, it's really easy to doom scroll for hours and like everything sucks right but I do my best to just do a lot of self-care a lot of being um aware of my own bad habits that lead to spiraling mental episodes right so I just I try to be really good about asking for help when I need it both mentally and emotionally um and I try to keep really good people around me like I have a really solid circle of friends and I'm really grateful for that so that's how I keep it positive Heck yes, dude. June, thanks again for taking the time. Um, do you have any last words? Anything else you want to let the people of the internet know? <laughs> no, I think I'm good. I think the people of the internet have enough to chew on. Uh, but thank you so much for having me as a guest. I appreciate you taking the time and like wanting to have me as a guest. So that was my conversation with June. It was really cool to get to learn about how she got her start in the music industry and just be reminded of what happens when you start doing something and see where it takes you. Thank you again to June for being on the podcast. If you haven't yet, please check out the Keep It Posy podcast playlist. You can find it on Spotify and Tidal. As always, you can hit me up via email or social media. Even though the website is on a break, I'm still checking my email. Keepitposy.com for all the contact info. Thank you again to everyone for listening to another episode of the Keep It Posy podcast. Please take care of yourself and watch out for each other. Stay posy always. And remember, life is like a mosh pit. If you see someone fall, you gotta help that person get back up. <laughs>